Now, presenting live from 401 Maplewood Drive in Jupiter, Florida. Join our family every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Today's message brought to you by Pastor Ben Pierce. Welcome this weekend to the fifth part of the series, Uncommon. Have you guys been enjoying this series? I have really enjoyed teaching it. And uh, so we've been teaching on honor and excellence and anointing and the refreshing of God. And today I want to talk to you about the team of God, God's team to reach this world. And so if you haven't figured out, the, uh, the series titles for this message, uh, they are an acronym. And that acronym is HEART. And that really is the value of Generation Church. It's the heart of Generation Church that we are in a place of honor and excellence and anointing and a place of refreshment, a place where the team of God, an uncommon team of God reaches this city. And then next weekend, I'm going to finish the series out and it's the S. So you got to come to find out what the S stands for, for hearts. This is, as we've said in this series, it's many hearts, but one beat that we beat in unison together to reach this city for the Lord. So can we welcome all those joining us by video this weekend? So glad you guys have tuned in. I want to invite you to be a part of a service live and in person right here at Generation Church. So uncommon teamwork. Uh, you know, when I think about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not just one person doing this or that. It is a, a team of people around the globe that are working together in a power and anointing and unity to reach the world for Jesus. And as I thought about this message, I realized that there are teams all around the world. There are football teams. There are corporate teams teams. There are teams that uh, play uh, basketball. I mean, all kinds of teams around the world, but there are very few uncommon teams. Teams are common, but teams that operate at a high level those are uncommon. And I believe that God is taking us to a place as a church to be an uncommon team for this city. Not just a common church. You can go to any church and have a common team. You can go to any church and just have people that show up and are spectators. But what God is doing here is not a spectator sport. This is a participator sport. There are people in this city by the thousands that are hurting and that are looking for a relationship with Jesus. And God is inviting you this weekend to be a part of his uncommon team. What God wants to do in this city through this church, what we already have here is uncommon, but I know that as we move into the next facility, that what we have, have established as our vision, values, and culture, it's not enough to take us where we need to go. We have to strengthen that. In order to reach Judea and the uttermost parts of the earth, we have to have a strong Jerusalem. We have to have a strong team here. And so we're in that season where God is strengthening our teams to reach this city for him. And so as I was thinking about this message, I, I, I realized that there are some things that we do as people to strengthen our teams, and, and some teams are, are common, some teams are uncommon. And, and I was thinking about a story of an uncommon team leader. His name is Vince Lombardi, just a small figure in the NFL, and you may have heard of him. Uh, Vince Lombardi took over the Green Bay Packers as the coach. Now, the year before he took over, they had lost 10 games and won one game. And they had one of the worst losing streaks in history. And Vince Lombardi comes in and uh, takes over that team. Now, the interesting thing about Vince's team at that time, they were in a horrible losing streak, but they were full of Hall of Fame football players. I mean, he had some long-term tenured football players there. And, uh, and so he was trying to get this team from a place of being common to becoming an uncommon team. 
Now, Vince took over the team at the lowest of the low, and he comes in and he begins to work with the team. And he begins to take this team back to the basics so that they can begin to execute what they were created and put together to do. So on that January, he comes in after that losing season, and he stands in front of all of these Hall of Fame players and all these people, seasoned football players, and he stands in front of them and he says, this is a football. This is what we take to the end zone. These are shoulder pads. This, these are your shoes. They're cleats. And he began to go through all of the basics of football in front of a seasoned group of people. And it's a famous story. You can go look it up on Wikipedia because everything on Wikipedia is true. <laughs> and so he began to walk them through. And you may not know this, but they won the first two Super Bowls ever. Super Bowl number one, Super Bowl number two. He had one of the longest winning streaks ever in football history. Five of the seven years, his first seven years, he won five of those championships. The Super Bowl trophy that is given out every year at the Super Bowl is the Vince Lombardi trophy. And it all started with one man that said, this is a football. And that is the end zone. And we have to take this all the way to the goal. And as I started thinking about that, I thought about this uncommon team that labors for the lives of people for eternity, that stand in the balance between heaven and hell for people on this planet. And I began to think about what are the elementary principles of God's team? Well, what is it that, that is our football? Our football is people. People are the goal for us the, the, the football of our uncommon task right here at Generation Church is to take people to the foot of the cross. That is the one purpose wherein we exist as people. When you got born again, God could have taken you out of this planet and put you in heaven. But he chose to leave you here, not so you could just have a great life, but so that you could tell the story to his lost children. Our football is people full of stories, full of hurt, full of pain, full of heaviness, full of the devil in, in places that are oppressed. And our job as God's team is to take people to Jesus. Our weekend services have a goal of getting people from the parking lot to the foot of the cross. And when we begin to see what God wants to do in us as a team, and we get that in our heart and in our soul, we will see revival right here in this city. Football's for us. <laughs> Represent hearts, minds, souls, and stories. And as I began to think about this, I thought about our team and, and how we treat people when they come because this city is full of people who are disconnected from God. This city is full of people who are hurting. This city is full of people who are searching and looking. And believe it or not, they come through our doors. 185 people have given their lives to the Lord in these services already this year. And so those people that are searching and seeking for God, they're coming to our parking lot. And I began to think 
think about this. What, what is our team doing or not doing to help get the football, a person's life, their story, their family to the foot of the cross? Are we doing what God has asked us to do? And how effectively are we doing it? And as I thought about it, I thought, man, the, the, the people who stand out in the median and they hold welcome home signs and, and the parking team out there. And I thought they, they receive people who are, are looking for Jesus. It's the first play of the game. They're on the 20-yard line, and, and we have a goal to get people to the foot of the cross. And I thought an uncommon team at Generation Church passes life from life to life to life, from person to person to person, from team to team to team. We rise and we fall together as a team. It's not just the parking lot ministry. It's not just me preaching. I am not the only team here. It's not just Pastor Sean. And as I thought about it, I thought, man, God's purpose and plan for the church of God globally is that every person has a place. So you may not know this about yourself, but you are a 10 in something. There's something in your life that you execute on at a 10 level. And God brought you to this place and planted you in this church because whatever it is that you operate as a 10 on is needed in order to get the lives of people, footballs, from the parking lot to the foot of the cross. And the way God wants this to work is as people pull onto the parking lot, the, the parking lot team would usher lives, stories, families, children, people, moms, dads, would, would bring them to the greeters team and, the, and they would hand off these lives to the greeters. And, and then the greeters would minister and love on and greet and welcome and share the love of Jesus with those people that are coming, our elementary parts of ministry, people. And would hand them off to the cafe. And the cafe would not just serve coffee, but the cafe would serve cups of life. Instead of just getting a job done in God's uncommon team, people in the cafe or the greeters or any ministry have an opportunity to look into the heart and the soul of a guest, a visitor, somebody searching for Jesus. And instead of just giving a cup of something natural to drink, what if our team was in the place where we were looking for those ministry opportunities. And maybe you aren't qualified or you don't feel ready to take that person all the way to the goal line, all the way to the foot of the cross, but you've got a whole team that you can then hand that person to. We have opportunities for life change in people's world. It's the way God has designed the church to be. And so the, the cafe team would hand off these families to the, the kids' church or to the ushers' team, and the ushers would bring them into the sanctuary. And nobody falls through the cracks. There are no fumbles in God's team. Every single person is operating flawlessly. See, what's happened in the church around the world and globally and, and in the American churches, we've got it mixed up. We think that 80% of the people come to the church and spectate, and 20% of the people are the team. That's not God's plan for the church. Jesus didn't shed his blood for 80% of the team to spectate. It should be the reverse in every church around the world, that 80% of the people that are planted there and call that place home are part of the team, the dream team. And the 20% of people that come in the weekend are the ones that are looking and searching for God. And as a team, we, we come, every person has a place, and we hand these lives off from team member to team member to team member. And the ushers hand people's lives to Pastor Sean. 
And Pastor Sean and this team, they plow the hearts of people, soil up, and and they begin to prepare their hearts to receive the seed of the word of God. And and we trust Pastor Sean, and we trust the ushers, and we trust the cafe and the kids' church. We trust the parking lot team. We trust all of these teams. And by the time I stand here, this uncommon team has produced people sitting in chairs with their hearts ready to receive the truth of God's word. And me and the Holy Spirit work together to plant the seed. And then God gives the increase. And we make our touchdown. We put points on the board with people's lives. And and what I think is so amazing about it is that God trusts us with his kids. Do you realize that you are the catalyst? Each individual that sits in this room, the six, seven hundred people that call this place home. You are the catalyst between heaven and hell. And God trusts you with his kids. And the uncommon team that God is continuing to develop here is a team that I don't want to fumble. We shouldn't fumble the ball. We shouldn't fumble with people's lives. The reality is, is 20% of the people in this church cannot do what God wants to do here by themselves. The Bible says this, that if you're faithful in the little, God will make you ruler of much. And when we become an uncommon team operating at a high level and we're faithful in the little, guess what God does? He begins to send us more people that are looking and hurting. Somebody told me last night that um, there are people in our city that don't go to church, that are not born again, that have offense in their heart against God or whatever, but, but they don't even come to church here. But when they know somebody's hurting, they send people to Generation Church. Because our testimony in churches in the world is that if you're hurting or looking for God, this is where you need to be. And that's the way this city has begun to see us and view us. And so the city sees us as a place of help and hope and life for the hurting. And when they pull on the parking lot, what kind of team are they going to encounter? A common church team? Or are they going to encounter an uncommon team that, that, that takes those lives and brings them all the way to the goal line? That's why we're here. God would have taken you straight to heaven if he didn't have another purpose for you. The second you've been saved, if you've been saved more than five minutes, you need to be on a team. You need to be serving Jesus somewhere. In an uncommon way, God wants to do uncommon things and and break out in our area a revival. And when I look at the early church in the book of Acts, this is how it happened. They stood up in the temple courts on the Sabbath and they shouted to the rooftops to Jewish people and to pagan people that were walking by. And they said, this Jesus whom we preach, whom you crucified, he is the Lord of glory. And people got born again on the weekends in the temples. And then as soon as Monday rolled around, they pulled those people into their homes, into what we call life groups. And they broke bread together and they discipled each other and they prayed for each other and they loved on each other and they helped each other grow and mature in God. And that is the model of the early church. And that is what God is doing here. An uncommon team. Our weekend services, they're not about you. They're about the people in this city who need Jesus. Now listen to me very closely. God does not forget about you. God has plenty of things for you as people, as a church, as a team. As a matter of fact, when you get on God's team, you receive more than you would ever imagine being a spectator. 
I love to be on the winning team. Anybody ever uh, been on a losing team before? You know, when I was growing up, I, uh, I was good at football, so I always got chosen to be on football teams uh, because I was blunt force trauma waiting to happen. And, um, and so when, when we played basketball, though, something weird happened. No, nobody would pick me because I fouled everybody on the team. And, and I found myself on losing basketball team, winning football teams, but losing basketball teams. And, and there was something inside of me. I just hated that. I hated to be on the losing team. I love to be on the winning team. There, there was something inside of me that, that was so disgruntled when I got put on this. I was the last one to get picked for basketball. Anybody ever felt that way? I was so mad. And, and I would get on, on the basketball court and I would just start fouling people just because I was mad. I pray that this weekend there's something on the inside of you that begins to rise up that says, I don't want to be on a losing team. I don't want to be on a team that fumbles people's eternity. I don't want to be on a team that lets people fall through the cracks. I want to be on a team that's winning because God has called this church and you to West Palm Beach to be the winning team, to, to win West Palm Beach and Jupiter and Wellington and Hope Sound and the surrounding areas, to win these people to the Lord. In the early church, it wasn't just 185 people that got born again every six months. It was thousands of people. 120 people came out of that upper room as a unified team. And Peter preached the first message of the church and 3,000 people gave their lives to the Lord. And then those 3,000 people, they were brought into life groups, into people's homes. And then just a few days later, 5,000 more people got born again. And guess what? Those 3,000 people that had got born again and put into people's homes and matured and discipled, they connected with the next group of 5,000. And that's what God wants to do. That's Jesus' design and plan for the church of Jesus Christ. So the weekends are not about us. The weekends are about the lost. Midweek and life groups is about you. That's where you get your, your uh, discipleship. It's where you get your fellowship. It's where you get your growth. Because the reality is, is I can't grow you from this stage to the level that you really want to be brought to. And 30 minutes a week, really? Is that all the growth that you want out of life? Now listen to me very closely. All the things that we love about Generation Church, the preaching, the worship, the passion, all of the things that, that we endear about this place that, that drew us to this place, none of that changes. We're still going to be as passionate about Jesus. We're still going to bring people as often as we can. We're, we're still going to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. We're still going to do all the great things. We're still going to be this passionate church full of love. None of that changes. The integrity, the, the, the ministry, all of those things stay the same. But the one thing that does change is how we handle people. How we handle the children of God that he has entrusted us with. It has to change. It has to grow. And it has to, we have to become more effective with it. And the only way that happens is you have to stop being a spectator and start being a participator. Get on the winning team. As I thought about this message, the Lord brought me to the book of Luke chapter 15. And I want to share a story with you out of the scripture this weekend. Because what I'm telling you is not just Pastor Ben's idea. What I'm telling you is not just a church growth strategy or anything like that. It has nothing to do with all that mess. What I'm sharing with you this weekend is God's roadmap for the church and how God wants us as his team to minister to the people in this city that are seeking him. Luke chapter 15, verse 17. This is the story of the prodigal son. 
Now, I've heard people preach on this hundreds of times. You probably have too. I've heard people preach about the lost son. Anybody ever heard someone preach on the lost son? I've heard people preach on this passage of scripture from the angle of the father who received the lost son. I've even heard people preach on this passage of scripture uh, about the older son who is representative of the church. I heard people preach on all three angles, but as I was studying this, the Lord impressed upon my heart that he wanted me to teach about the team that received that lost son. Not the father, not the older brother, and not the lost son, but the team, the uncommon team that received that lost son and made it possible for him to be reunited with the father. Verse 17, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough for food to spare? And here I am, I'm perishing in hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I find that phrase so interesting because the people that we're trying to get from the parking lot to the foot of the cross, they have issues with worth. How many people, and you probably experienced this in your life, how many people believe God is mad at them? How many people believe they've sinned too much, they've gone too far, they've been away too long, and that there's no restitution for them? And there are worth issues that, that hang out in the hearts of people. And our job as an uncommon team is to bring those people to the foot of the cross and let them know that the Father loves them. See, the devil fights Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The devil's team is on the field blocking all the plays. And when people pull on that parking lot, do you think the devil stops? No. He's out in that parking lot trying to get the wheels to fall off of strollers, for babies to, to cry. I'm being serious. And there are people who are coming in a place of feeling like they are unworthy. It's a miracle that they even pull in the parking lot to feel like they are unworthy, that the Father is mad at them. It is a miracle of God that they even pull on the parking lot. And the devil fights tooth and nail to make sure they get back in their car and leave. Or that they come in here and have a bad experience or something doesn't happen right. And, and we as a team have got to remove those obstacles, get those blockers out of the way so that we can run the football all the way down to the goal line and get these people who are seeking God to the foot of the cross. So the son felt unworthy. And he said to the father, make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20, and he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great distance off, the father saw him and he had compassion. And he ran out and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And he said to the son, father, the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven. And I have sinned in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Verse 22, but the father said to his servants. Underline that in your Bible. Notice that the father didn't speak to the son, the older son. The father didn't do anything himself. The father didn't speak to the younger son. The father said to the servants. The father began to speak to the team of people that were in his house. The lost son was coming down the road and the father turns around and he says, where's my team? I have an uncommon team that has an uncommon objective because there's a lost son on his way home. And so he says to the servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf in kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and now he's alive he was lost 
And now he's found. And they began to be merry. An uncommon team. If you want my honest opinion, the real point of this story is not the older brother, the younger brother, or the father. It's the team of servants that made it possible for that lost son to come. And really the point of this message is what the father says to the team. Bring out the best robe. Bring out the gold ring. Bring out sandals and let's make a meal. Let's, let's receive. He was bringing the goal to that lost son, the foot of the cross. And that's what God's purpose and plan is for every single one of us that attend Generation Church. Imagine if, if our church was not just 10, 12, or 15 guys in the parking lot. What if there were 60 people out in the parking lot receiving lost sons? Instead of just two or three, four, five people in the cafe, what if there were 30 or 40 people in that foyer that were on team, that were taking the lives that God is bringing us and transferring them from this place to that place, from one team to the next, so that their hearts could be prepared to hear the word of God? Instead of 15 or 20 ushers, what if there were 100 ushers? People all around this auditorium, in the next auditorium that we move into, intent on leading people to Jesus. Talk about revival. The father said to the servants, to the team, bring the best robe. If you're following along on your fill-ins, an uncommon team provides a place of safety, covering, and righteousness. The best robe the best robe. When people come in looking for Jesus, we as a team, all six, seven hundred of us, we need to put the best robe. We need to let people who are looking for Jesus know that they are covered in his love, that righteousness is provided for them at the cross, that there's a place of safety and protection here. This is not my job. It's all of our job. It's not just the staff and the team leaders. It's every person that calls Generation Church home. The best robe. Melissa and I were in a hotel recently and I put on the robe in the room. And it was the best robe. That thing was like four inches thick. I was trying to shove it in my suitcase and take it with me. They were probably going to charge me like 400 bucks for the thing. But, but it was so comforting. I wanted to wear it to the meetings. I'm like, forget clothes. I'm going to the meetings in this robe. We need to make sure that the people who are seeking Jesus, whose lives hang in the balance, that they feel that level of comfort. No snot eyes, no, no forgotten names, no, no um, remarks about how people look or smell or where they've been or what they've done. We need to receive them to Jesus. Jesus will clean people up. It's not our job to clean them up. It's our job to take the ball down the field to get people's lives at the foot of the cross, to put points on the board, to put the best robe on people's lives. The Bible says in Isaiah 61 and 3, that we wear the garment, we put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Do you realize there are thousands of people in this city that wear the spirit of heaviness? The devil's all over their life, all over their marriage, all over their children. And we got to help put the best robe on them. The father said to the servants, and put a ring on his hand. 
Uncommon teams provide a place of value, authority, and ownership. You provide a place of value, authority, and ownership. That ring signified that he had value to his life, that God was putting him in a place of authority, and that God was going to give him ownership on the team. I said this earlier. If you've been saved more than five minutes, you've already got your ring. If you've been saved more than five minutes, God has already got a place for you on the team. And as people come into this church, we need to put the ring on their finger so that they feel the value of the kingdom. You know how you help people feel value? You help people feel value by being here prayed up and on time. You help people feel and experience value by being a part of the team. That your time is worth their life. That your service is worth their eternity. That your little bit of serving on a weekend, it's an hour and a half or two hours. That 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 little bit of investment is worth their value of, of heaven or hell. That's how we show the city. An uncommon team is everybody adding value. Every person has a place. Every person is called by God and planted here because you bring something that no one else can bring. There are no duplicates in the kingdom of God. Each one of you have your own set of fingerprints. And God brought you here because there are people in this city counting on you. We got to put value on people's lives. And we got to show people that are searching for God that they're worth our effort. They're worth our time. I know how it is. I'm busy. I got things going on myself. I have my own issues in life. I realize that we all have those things. But do you know that whatever you sow into the kingdom of God, you reap? And when you give to God, he gives back Not what you gave, but multiplied measures over. So when you give your time and your talent, God multiplies time and talent back to you. I don't know about you, but I hated being on the sidelines. I always would rather play the game than watch the game. There was way more enjoyment and fulfillment in my life by putting points on the board myself than watching somebody else do it. A lot of times we spend our lives looking for life, looking for some fulfillment inside of us. And the key to our fulfillment so often is right in front of us. The father said, put sandals on his feet. An uncommon team's destiny is to help the lost find their purpose and find their destiny. The sandals are indicative of a direction for people's lives. My destiny is to help you find your destiny. And your destiny is to help this city find its destiny it's what God has brought us all here to do to put sandals on people's feet to give some direction and when you put put sandals on someone else God begins to put sandals on you it's just the way the kingdom of God works verse 22 the father said to his servants now bring the fatted calf here and kill it let us eat and be merry An uncommon team feeds the lost as they come in. An uncommon team feeds the lost as they come in. Now, I know know how life is, because I live one. I have a life, believe it or not. And, And I know that we have our own needs to be fed. I know that we have our own deficits in life sometimes. I I know that as a church, it's hard to hear that what we do on the weekend is about the lost and what we do during the week is about us. 
I know that there's a mentality shift that has to happen there because our, our issues and our needs and our desires are, are in front of our eyes 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I get it. But the great thing about God's uncommon team is that when the fatted calf was killed, not only did the lost son partake of the food, but so did the team. See, this week was probably, I'm not exaggerating, the busiest week of my ministry and of my life. Last week we were away, we were redoing some ordination things in Nashville, and I came in and I had to prepare two messages this week and preach this message. I had to do a video on Friday. I was at Urban Youth Impact at 8.30 in the morning, and I worked all day long, and then I had a life group that started at 7 at night, so from 8.30 to about 10 o'clock, I worked all day long on Friday, and I got to be honest, when I showed up at 6.30 to that life group, I was empty. I didn't feel like feeding a single person. I was looking for my own food. I got to be honest. My eyes were bloodshot. My staff has been running around all week saying, Pastor Ben, are you okay? So I know what it feels like to feel like you need something in you, invested in you. I went to that life group. I just said, God, I don't know how I can feed anybody tonight. I need you to feed me. We started this life group. We did what we did. And we we're teaching the lesson going through it. And at that life group, four people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I walked away from that group. And, and, and all of a sudden, this, this empty guy that showed up had been given out all week long, had been running the football down the field, trying to get somebody in the end zone. Somebody, four people made their lives into the end zone that Friday night. And you know what happened? I walked away from that life group so full of God. I called Melissa on the way home and I was like, you're never going to believe it. And I'm just going off on the phone. And all of a sudden, this guy who had been given out all week for these people around this city who felt like he was on the last ounce of energy that he had gave to God and God gave me back multiplied, multiplied back in my life. And this is the part of this story that the uncommon team, as they feed the lost, you both get to eat the meal. You both get to eat the meal of the fatted calf. Those who are lost get to enjoy it and they get fed, but so do you. And what the devil tries to do is keep us spending our life looking for life, looking for something to satisfy our soul. And we sit on the sidelines because we're afraid to get out into the game because it's going to cost something. Listen, there is no game I ever played that didn't cost me some energy, that I didn't get tired from it. But at the end of that game, it was so much fulfillment inside of me. And that's what God does when you get on his uncommon team. Let me tell you something. You cannot outserve God. You cannot outgive God. There is no level of investment of your life and the gifts and talents inside of you. If you empty yourself to zero, God fills you back up multiplied over and over. So what happens? Is the people of God have believed a lie 
I don't have time. I don't have energy. I don't have the capacity. I don't have the gifts. I don't have the talent. I don't know how to get on team. I don't know who to talk to, where to go. And the devil has fed the church of Jesus Christ around the globe a lie. And I refuse to let our church believe that lie. The way you get fulfilled in life is you get on the field on God's team. And it costs you something, sure. And it wears you out from time to time, sure. But you cannot get the level of fulfillment off the field that you get on the field. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Get on God's team and allow him to fulfill your life in ways that you never dreamed possible. Close your eyes, let me pray for you. Father, I honor you today and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the uncommon team that you have put together here. Lord, I pray for us that we would not be like the older son who is representative of the church, that we wouldn't be the son who who stands at the outside of the party looking in saying, what's going on? Unwilling to be a part of the team. I pray, Lord Jesus, that every single one of us, that we would be the servants of the Father, not the entitled older son. That we would understand that there's no person on that team that lived in that Father's house that came and ate for free. Every single person had a part to play. Whether they were preparing the meal or putting sandals on the sun, every single person was called by the Father for a specific purpose. And maybe you're here this weekend and you have been a a spectator instead of a participator. And you've been that way because maybe you got hurt. Maybe you've been offended. Maybe you're, you're so depleted in your own life that you think, I can't. How could I? I have nothing to give. And the devil has you in a vicious cycle because the way that you get replenished is to get on God's team. Instead of standing on the sidelines expecting something to come and satisfy your soul, God's provision is on his team. So you're here this weekend and you need healing in your heart. I want to pray for you. If you know that's you, would you slip your hand up? Nobody's looking around. We just want to pray for you. You need healing in your heart. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. You felt empty in life. Thank you, ma'am. You felt empty. You felt depleted. You felt, how can I be on this team? I've got nothing to give. You've either been hurt or offended or you're just tired. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else, you know God's tugging on your heart this morning and you need need God to, to rest your soul. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Father, I pray for every single person who raised their hand. Lord, I pray that you heal them right now. Whatever wounds that they have from the attack of the devil in their life, whatever things have been depleted out of them, whatever spiritual food that they need, God, I pray that you make an initial investment in them and that you satisfy their soul, you fulfill them, God, and that, Lord, you draw them to a place on the field. Secondly, you're here this weekend and 
You're not necessarily depleted or you're not hurt or offended or any of those things, but you just have been reticent to engage the team. Everything's going okay in your life, but, but you've just kind of been sitting on the sidelines. You're, you're not in the injured crowd, but, but, but you're not on the field either. And, and today, God is, is drawing you. There's something stirring inside of you. As I preach this message, this, this seed began to grow and develop that says, yeah, I know I need to be there. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Would you slip your hands up? Yeah, a lot of hands. Come on, go ahead. Lift them up nice and high. You know that you need to be on the team. Yeah. Father, you can put your hands down. Father, I pray for every single person that needs to be on this team. They, they have the gifts, the talents ready. They know what they can do. They know what their abilities are, but they've been reticent. Father, I pray that there would be no obstacle that hinders them. No excuse of busyness or time lapse or any of those kind of things. God, I pray that they would get on the team. And they would make a difference for eternity. Lastly, you're here this weekend. And you are the lost son. It doesn't matter how you got there. Whether you knew the father at one point or you've never met your father. It doesn't really matter. But you're the lost son, the lost daughter today. And as I preached this message, something on the inside of you was stirring. Something on the inside of you is is drawing you. As I talked about taking people's lives from the parking lot to the foot of the cross, there's something inside of you that, that yearns to know what happens at the foot of the cross. Today, I want to give you the opportunity to meet Jesus face to face. For the rest of this team, I want you to pray silently under your breath because you're a team. It's not just my job to lead people to Jesus. You're here this weekend. You know you need a relationship with God. And you've got that tug on your heart. Who is that? Would you look up at me? God's tugging on your heart this weekend. Thank you, sir. Who else? Look up at me. Make eye contact with me. Thank you, ma'am. Not going to embarrass you or call you to the front. Thank you, ma'am. Just look up and make eye contact with me. You know you need a relationship with Jesus. Those of you watching by video... As we get ready to pray, I encourage you to reach out to us. Let us know what God is doing in your life. Email us at I have decided at generationchurch.com so we can help you get where God wants you to be. Anybody else this morning, as I look across the auditorium, you need a relationship with God. He's tugging on your heart. Maybe you're here and your relationship with God has veered off course and you need to rededicate it, recenter it, refocus it. If that's you, look up at me, make eye contact with me. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Anyone else you want to recommit your life to the Lord? Thank you, young man. Thank you. The scripture says this, that if you can say with your words, you can profess or confess that Jesus is Lord, you can pray a very natural prayer that something supernatural happens. You, you become what the scripture calls born again. And so I want to lead you in a simple prayer that you say by faith and you mean with all of your heart. And as you do that very natural act of saying this prayer, God supernaturally recreates your spirit and puts you on his team. So say this prayer nice and loud with me. Say, Father God, 
Come on, let's say it nice and loud. Father God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for my sin. Forgive me of all of my mistakes and make me a new creation. God, help me to live my life for you as I lead others to the cross. And I know, God, that you satisfy my soul as I'm on your team. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we welcome our brothers and sisters into the kingdom? So proud of you.